0: celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And
1: welcome. Here is the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405, to reach out to Dr. Debbie or to Joey Villani. We learned last week that Dr. Debbie, she deals with all kinds of animals in her Las Vegas practice. Ducks, she actually, they're pet ducks. People have pet ducks. And you uh, got it. Do you deal with a lot of birds at all?
2: You know what, in my office we see a lot of different birds. So we see chickens, you know, we see the ducks. Um a lot of people bring in wildlife too. So, you know that injured songbird, um that pigeon that is unfortunately attacked by a cat. We kind of see all of those in addition to the pet parrots and all of those other critters as well.
1: So, uh if you're a birder and you're listening right now and you like to go out watching birds, the binoculars <laughs> do you usually have your clothes on when you do this? That's my question. And what? It might Why would like... you ask yeah. that? Uh, because yeah. we're having a nude birder on today. Judy, you're going to really have to explain this a little more. I assume it's exactly what it sounds it
3: is, like. It is self-explanatory. He goes out <laughs> bird watching in the nude. And I guess this, there's not really guidelines for this, so he's made up his own guidelines. And, and the first thing is is that you can't see a bird and then take your clothes off. You got to have your clothes off before you see the bird or it doesn't count.
2: So, okay. D- does it scare the birds away? Yes. If you're no, I don't I,
1: think I, so. I would be frightened.
2: Yeah, you know, but but, but <laughs> No,
3: but he has he has like a spotter that is ahead of him in case there's people out there. I don't know if how they. I don't know if he does bird calls to him, or if he, or if he texts him and says, you know, someone's coming around the corner. Put on a towel, and then of course you come around the corner and you see this guy standing there with a the towel. You probably wonder what's a little yeah, don't, strange. Don't birds like worms?
2: Towel. <laughs> and hopefully <Suckers> he stays away so. from grade schools and uh, parks and things like that yeah, yeah.
3: i think he, he's out in the wilderness miles away from any civilization so he's gonna... i don't know he's he's got his own rules he's going to have to tell us what the rules and he's are. a
1: guest on today's animal radio yes. show yes how did you find him <laughs> never mind um wow okay Lori. so what are you oh you're blushing the... what are you <laughs> it's, just, it's weird what are you working on for today's show Lori?
4: Uh, Puppies and bunnies. No birds in this story about how they can make your marriage better. But you don't even have to have one in your home. Okay. Mm, Yeah.
1: Hmm. That's on the way in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. It is also week five and our final week of our new pet product special featuring the latest goodies and gadgets for you and your pets. And we'll have giveaways just around the corner for you. Uh, Let's go to the phones right now for your calls.
5: Hey, Randy. Hello. How are you guys? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm hoping you guys can help me with uh, my cat problem.
2: We are hoping so, too. All right. Let's go for it. What do you got going on there?
5: We have a... don't know what kind of tabby. She's just a white, tabby type of cat. And we've had her for three and a half years now. And she's always been a great cat. We've never had problems with her. However, we got a puppy um, March of last year, a little mini pen, and brought her into the family. And ever since she came into the family, our one particular cat, whose name is Pink, likes to pee on everything. Pee's in the cat box, but sneaks in the garage and pees in the gym bag or the kid's Ooh, toy, fun. and it's only been since she got the puppy.
2: She peed on the puppy? No, <laughs> not yet. Oh. No, she, um, <laughs> wow, she next into the garage. Cat. She's
5: never had it's... a problem with her peeing anywhere, but it's only in the garage and mine. My, my husband's gym bag, or okay. if she can't get to the garage because we walk, the, it's the garage coming from our house into the garage, um, or if she can't get to the garage, it's only at nighttime when no one's looking, she'll go in the kid's playroom, and she'll pee in their tent
2: you have a dog and do you have other cats as well
5: we do we have two cats and we have three dogs and only the mini pens the inside dog he's inside all the time and okay. it only started since we got the mini pens
2: okay how many litter boxes do you have there in that house
5: we have two litter boxes and they only seem to use the
2: one but we always keep two Okay. Um, and as far as this kitty cat, anything else going on? Are we having any other kinds of aggression issues with the other kitties?
5: Um, sometimes um, I can hear at night, sometimes him growling or her growling at our other cat. Um, but for the most part, I mean, no other aggression, uh, nothing else. I mean, that was just the only thing. And it had, you know, if we, like I said, if we locked the door to prevent it at night, if we remember to, lock the mm-hmm. door to prevent him or her from going into the garage when we go to bed she won't pee on anything it just it just happens if we forget to lock the door and she happens to get out there and okay. she'll pee and it's only in that gear bag no matter where we move it in the garage she'll
2: find it okay so the, the big causes for cats to urinate inappropriately are medical causes and behavioral causes so my first crusade is always to make sure we're not missing anything medical. So I would, if you have not taken this kitty to a vet, have her checked out, get a urine sample, make sure all is well in her urinary world. Um, we can have crossover of behavioral with medical causes so we really need to make sure we're not missing that aspect of things but from there there is a lot that we need to address for this kitty and when we introduce a dog into a cat household or vice versa you know we always hope that they're going to get along but that old phrase they get along like cats and dogs sometimes has some serious truth and they're very big differences it's kind of like you know some women can get along really well with other females and others it's just like oil and water so um, my former college roommate. Uh, Okay, won't go there. Um, So (laughs) let's just say that we need to work on making this kitty's environment more favorable for her. Now, dogs... Things that cats don't like about dogs, they move fast, they make a lot of noise, and they disrupt a the cat's peaceful world. So for cats that are having trouble in this situation, I recommend giving a lot of vertical escape to get away and to be superior to those dogs. Because cats, let's face it, they need to look down on dogs to say, you, me a little dog. So we want to give those vertical escapes. Those are cat trees, um, perches for windows, ways that we can find a peaceful zone. Um, the other things we need to do is work on this litter box situation, because we usually want one more litter pan, then we do the number of cats in a household. And that number can increase even if you have other things like two-floor houses. Um, if you have cats or dogs that go in or outside, we want to have them at different access points of the home. So a cat might avoid going to the normal litter pan if they have to go through a doorway or an area where, say, there's noisy children or a dog that might come chasing after them or annoy them. So we want to make sure that we have alternate litter box sites and make those so that they're in a quiet zone or they're away from the path of other animals and people. And preferably, I hate the lids. Take the lids off the gosh darn litter boxes. Cats do not dig those. Um, those are some of the basic things that we'll want to do. Now, for your dog, what we should do to kind of give your kitty cat a chance um, is to put a bell Or some kind of, uh, ringing, uh, utensil on that doggy's collar. Give her a little heads up when that dog is coming around and give her the opportunity to seek out other avenues to get around the house or to get to the toilet if she needs to do that. Um, and there are some other things we can do pheromones to kind of help relax the kitties and do a natural calming. Um, but for me, I think it's all about really thinking about what cats like and don't like about dogs in their life and to recognize that they have special needs. It doesn't matter that the other cats get along with that dog does not matter. It's a very much an individual thing.
5: Okay. Well, I mean, that, that helps me out all the, you know, all the little things that we've talked about and, uh, we have tried in, in the beginning, we put up a little border to separate um, the front room from the back room, which the cat is most of the time to keep them from each other, and um, sometimes you know, Tink comes out and lays right next to the dog, so I really didn't think it was more of an issue. She'll kind of sit there, and it's kind of like I could see her giving her dirty look. But <laughs> maybe try to keep her a little bit more separated from our cat and give her a little bit more of her space.
2: I think that's a swell idea, and give her that little bit of quiet time, uh, free from the dog in her world. Um, cats don't dig outings, but you know, maybe a good cat spa day would be helpful. It always helps me. Yeah, I know.
5: Uh, yeah, she kind of it kind of makes sense because she used to be out and about, and the only time she actually comes out of the bedroom now, she just lays in the bedroom all day, is at nighttime when our little dog is sleeping, and we put her in her box every night to sleep so she doesn't disturb the house. But that's Mm -hmm. the only time she's actually out and about and wandering around the house now is at night when the dog's asleep, locked in a box where she can't go anywhere.
1: Well, I hope these ideas work for you. And uh, if uh, if you need a follow-up, we do follow-ups. I believe we're the only radio show that does follow-ups. Well, that's
5: good. And that would totally help. And um, I will talk to my husband. We'll get more boxes and put a little bell on our little penny and... Let the cats know that she's coming.
1: And get, and get those vertical spaces. They love those. Uh, we put a bunch yeah, of them I,
5: I, had here. We had a tree or the post, but they never really seemed to use them. She'd tend to hide in the closet, my husband's closet up top, and that was the only way she would hide from anywhere. She never really used anything or under the hmm. bed, um, which was really weird. We have lots of perches that she doesn't climb on. She hides under the bed or Um, in my husband's
1: closet. Well, we wish you the best of luck with that. Let us know how it goes, okay?
5: Okay, thank you so much for your help. This portion of Animal
1: Radio is underwritten by Brilliant Pad, the world's first self-cleaning dog potty. It automatically replaces a soiled pad with a fresh clean one so your home stays odor-free and you never have to touch, see, or smell yucky pads again. Learn more over at BrilliantPad.com today. And thanks, Brilliant Pad, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the
0: Dream Team now at one 405 8405
6: Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network. And remember to spay and neuter your pets.
7: Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are peeing. A man going through security at LAX was recently found to have monkeys in his pants. When Robert John Cusack arrived from Indonesia, airport inspectors found 50 orchids in his luggage after four rare birds flew out. They then asked him if he had anything else to tell them, and he reluctantly admitted that he did have some monkeys in his pants. A search revealed that 45-year-old Cusack was hiding a pair of endangered pygmy monkeys in the crotch area of his underpants. Cusack is awaiting trial while the monkeys, happy to be out, have joined the monkey community at the Los Angeles Zoo. I'm Brit Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people, too. Animal Radio. This is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your animal.
5: Spay or neuter. Let me say that again. You don't want to do both. Hi, this is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay or neuter your animal.
8: Fido Friendly Magazine presents the 10th Annual Cross-Country Pet Adoption Tour. Get your licks on Route 66. Powered by Nissan, the tour travels from Los Angeles to Chicago, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events. Companion sponsors Tito's Vodka and Dog Legs join in the fun as media sponsor Animal Radio broadcasts the tour from September 8th to October 14th. Pet Box sponsor Paw Pack and pet insurance sponsor Embrace Pet Insurance support the tour, along with advocate sponsors Buddy Belts, Peccurian, Hands-On Gloves, and Rolf C. Hagen. Attendees at each event stand in line to donate money and spin our giant spinning wheel. Filled with great prizes they can win. Provided by sponsors like Community Sponsors, Cosequin Joint Health Supplements, Petmate, Dexas, Senden, and Canada, where all proceeds benefit the shelter at the end of the day. Log on to FidoFriendly.com and find out where the tour stops near you. And who knows, you might just find your new forever friend.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at
1: 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. And the Pitbull, the mighty pit bull, is so often... uh
3: such a bad reputation. Misunderstood. Yeah, yes.
1: I think that's the word it's I'm the looking for. People. It's it is the people, because they're actually very nice dogs. They are. And in a few minutes, we're going to be talking to Jeff Jenkins. He has a pitbull circus.
3: He has a circus, and it, his his personal pitbulls actually perform in it. So it's not just all pit bulls. No, but his personal pit bulls. And what he does besides his circus is he goes out to like the inner city kids, all these young teenage boys that have these dogs that try to fight them, you know, the competition and all that. And he works with them to teach their dogs, they're mainly pit bulls, tricks. So instead they can compete with other guys' dogs and With the training on who can do the best tricks and who can do more tricks and stuff. Gives them something to do besides dog fighting.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Okay. So we'll talk to him in just a few minutes. And we're just about 10 minutes away from a check in our newsroom uh, with Lori Brooks. What do you have coming up?
4: Uh, Remember Frazier, the series, and the dog Eddie on there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Little Jack Uh, Russell. Exactly. Apparently, everything uh, we knew about Eddie was a lie. Really? Um, Uh-oh. Yeah. TV guy, uh, TV guy did a great article, and uh, since they're talking about rebooting Fraser and stuff. So I'll tell you the truth about Eddie and how he is in uh, real life and how he really was on that show behind the scenes.
3: Maybe it was a she?
4: No, no, it yeah, was no. a he. But Okay. Yeah, okay. It's interesting, though.
1: This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Vetra Science. Summer is here. You're pretty excited about it, I can tell. I can see it in your eyes. But for your animals, they may not be so excited. It means lightning, thunderstorms, kids running around. Talk about anxiety. No one likes to see their furry best friend trembling in the corner. And that's where Composure Supplement Chews from Vetra Science comes in. And this is where you come in. Hey, Daniel, how you doing?
6: Oh, good. How are you today?
1: Good. Where are you calling from?
6: I'm in Georgia. Georgia,
1: are you a truck driver?
6: No, just live in Georgia. <laughs> just live in Georgia,
1: okay. I got Dr. Debbie here, how can we help you?
6: Well, okay. I've got a um, an great all-American dog, looks to have some, maybe some Rottweiler in him, so he's a pretty big dog. But uh, My local vet told me to cut him back about 10 pounds, and we we've, we've been working on it, but cutting back his food has been a problem for him. He's tending to eat... Is poop and my other dog's poop out in the yard now. and I'm Wondering what I can do. Ah,
2: <laughs> lovely, isn't that that old wonderful uh, feces eating? It's just uh, such a thrill, especially when they come back with that on their breath.
6: <laughs> yes. <Wow. laughs>
2: so, have you had any success getting him to lose weight?
6: Yeah, he we got a few pounds off of him, but he's just he just acts like he's starving all the time. Of course, every dog I know acts like that, but he's just it's now true. eating and starting to eat plants in the house and.
2: Oh, no. Okay, well, let me ask you what strategy that you are currently doing uh, for weight loss. Are you using any special prescription-based food, or were you just cutting back on the calories that he's eating?
6: Mostly cutting back on the calories, but we have the last bag of dog food. We bought the um, kind of the weight loss uh, dog food Um, and then still cutting back a little bit.
2: Okay. Well, here's the reality check for people that are trying to get their pets to lose weight. Now, if you just try restricting those calories by scaling back on the amount you're feeding, you're going to create a very hungry, frustrated dog, and that's what you got right now. The yeah. reason is that even those foods that you buy over the counter at the grocery store, or at the pet store, that say weight loss or for weight loss, they're really not geared towards uh, longevity of weight loss. What you need to do is speak to your veterinarian about this and say, hey, help me out. My dog is eating things off the, the walls, the, the floors, the feces, what have you. And we need to get this baby on and actually a food that is designed for lower calories, but also still keeps those other important nutrients up. The big problem is when we cut back calories in the effort to drop the weight, if we don't have them on this type of diet, they're getting less protein, they're getting less vitamins, less minerals, and we can create not only a hungry dog, but a pet that has a nutritional deficiency. So it is just so important. And I know a lot of people say, oh, we just cut back a little bit here and there, and we get them to lose weight. It may work for some pets, but it really can create a problem for others. So I would say that would be my number one um, prescription for you, is to see your veterinarian about a prescription weight loss diet. And there's a lot of good ones out there. Um, And we want to get a gradual weight loss of really only maybe 1% body weight Per week, So in a dog your baby's size, you know, that might be not even quite a pound, half a pound to a pound a week. So we want to make sure that's gradual and that we're not making a frustrated pet because that, that's just no fun. And, you know, dogs that eat things inappropriately, there's a whole behavior of that. But if we're trying to lose weight, then we can actually be driving that. Um, and then we also want to make sure you're giving the baby some other outlets to chew. Um, increase the interactive nature. So, you know, lots of play time, lots of fetch time. A lot of those toys, the Kong stuffed toys, the Busy Buddy toys, those things that have a little food item that they're working for. It keeps their mind and their belly occupied. So I think that that would give you some some other directions that we can go for your dog to Kind of keep them keep them occupied and not feeling like we're in the the uh, the Weight Watchers club or the genuine genuine uh, weight club there and uh, and a happy baby. So good luck with that, Daniel, and okay. and hope he uh, drops that weight and uh, isn't so unhappy about things there. Well,
1: I'll definitely try that. Thanks, Daniel. 1 866 405 8405. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Vetra Science. Let this summer be stressless for your pets with the help of Composure by Vetra Science. From Glycoflex to multivitamins, your pets will thank you for Vetra Science supplements. And we thank Vetra Science for underwriting Animal Radio.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1 405 8405.
5: Hi, Joanne Worley on Animal Radio.
9: Hello! And please spay and neuter your pets. Be a responsible pet owner. As a matter of fact, spay and neuter your friends' pets also. Give it to them as a the present. What a good idea.
6: If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, all great writers. turn your book idea into publishing gold make a free call right now to page publishing 888-785-0618 888-785-0618 888-785-0618 that's 888-785-0618
8: this is an animal radio
4: news update i'm laurie brooks Hey, what kind of uh, relationship do you have? Do you think it's a successful marriage? because um, there are different things that can make your marriage successful. If it's not, or your relationship, you don't have to be married. But if you're thinking the keys are love, communication, trust, and you know having things in common, and all that kind of stuff, you're right. But there's a new study from the University of Florida that says it could also take cute cuddly puppies and bunnies to make you happier. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the, this team of psychological scientists, they found that to break the familiarity breeds contempt syndrome or boredom that can develop after years and years, um, that couples can make better associations with their spouse if they have a, a positive stimulus like. Puppies and bunnies. They found, this is what they did in their experiment. They they showed one group of couples images of their spouse together with positive words or instead of a positive word, a happy image of a puppy or a rabbit. And then the control group in this experiment saw their partner's face paired with what they termed neutral images, something like their partner's face with a button beside it or a shoestring or a box you get the point so after a few weeks they found the couples who had been exposed to positive pictures had more positive associations with their partner okay <laughs> that's why,
1: why i you... <laughs> carry a little kitten around on my shoulder all the time just to be more attractive to my partner
4: that's a good thing Hal. you're yeah. so smart that way uh-huh There's a pet cemetery. Did you guys hear about this? It's actually a pet cemetery, but they also have a crematory. It's in Illinois, and they are accused of deceiving clients Uh by giving them ashes that were not really from their deceased pets. It's so tragic. But police found three deceased animals at this location inside of an old freezer, and luckily... If there was anything good that happened here, one of the animals that was deceased had been microchipped. So they contacted the owner of that microchipped animal who was deceased, and they said, um, hey, you know, that can't be our cat because we received our cat's ashes years ago. And police had to then explain that. I'm sorry, but that couldn't have been your cat because we just found your cat at this facility. Uh, The owners had believed that their cat had been cremated four years ago. And in the end, investigators found the bodies of 28 cats or animals at Katie's Pet Cemetery and Crematory. The oldest case was one whose owners believed their pet had been cremated back in 2001. That, that, that's just um, unthinkable. But the only thing illegal in this whole case, police say, was misrepresenting ashes of an animal because uh, pet crematories in Illinois are not regulated at all.
10: Jeez,
2: that's a crime. You that's know,
1: I, I've always wondered, though, if I the know. ashes I get back are really the ashes from my pet. Don't you? I yeah. mean, they
3: say, but, I mean, how would you even know?
1: Yeah. And are there other pets in there, too? Is it just yeah. like a... Yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of freaky to hear that story.
4: I'm I'm sorry about that. And but I know the feeling. I, I know that whenever I have taken animals um and everyone that is uh, let go is is cremated for me. Mm-hmm. And I I, I I do have a good feeling about the place that that I take my animals to, sure. uh, not very far from here, but um, they have a, a good reputation. They always send somebody out to the car who, you know, to take the animal from the car back to an area that I probably don't want to see. Yeah. And um, they're always really patient. You know, I'm bawling my eyes out, and sure. they're really patient. So, um, but if you have a, a weird feeling, you know, just. Go with your gut and and ask friends for a place that, you know, is really reputable and that they've been happy with. Now, remember Eddie the Dog on the T V series Frasier? Yes, ma'am. Um Eddie, if you don't know, like we all do because we were TV hounds back in the day, uh, Eddie was the Jack Russell played by a dog who was actually named Moose, and that began in 1993. But Moose had to retire before the final four seasons of Frasier in which Eddie was then played by Moose's son. So, uh, apparently we were misled here. There are things that the public didn't know about Eddie Mm. because TV Guide uh, recently told the world after they did an interview with Fraser star Kelsey Grammer. They told everything. Grammer had confessed that Moose had gotten so old and so gray that the makeup department had to paint his faded markings back on darker so he didn't see the gray. You know, it's like in TV, you know, nobody ever ages. So apparently it's the same for animals and actors and actresses. Um, they said he just got to sit on the couch and take it easy since, you know, he couldn't really perform and be that active anymore. However, the big revelation from the interview was that Eddie's owner on the show, who was Kelsey Grammer's father, played by actor John Mahoney, that he actually hated Eddie. No, because he would bite Mahoney every time that he had to sit on his lap in the show hated him (laughs) he was so glad to be done with the original moose apparently i'm disillusioned now I knew
1: that uh, that Moose had changed. I saw it in the last few episodes. I, I was like, "That's not the same dog." It was like the really. The di- what,
4: what did you do, you do? You remember what you noticed was different about him?
1: He just looked younger. It, it, it was the same revelation that Darren from uh, Bewitched had suddenly <laughs> oh, changed.
4: They were night and day, though. That, yeah. that wasn't even close. <laughs> I'm Laurie Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at
8: animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio news update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at
1: 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. We'll go back to the phones in just a couple of minutes here, but we are so proud once again to be the media sponsor for Fido Friendly's 10th annual, I know, 10th annual cross-country pet adoption tour. Get your licks on Route 66. And joining us, of course, we have Susan Sims, who's really the, you and your husband are the top dogs in this whole thing, aren't you?
10: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if we're little chihuahuas at this point or if we're the the Great Dane. I'm not sure. But yes, and we are so happy that you're partnering with us. We like to say that you're our partners and caring because you're always the first one to say, sign us up, and we're going to promote the heck out of this and, and raise awareness for all the homeless pets in our shelters across America. Now, how many
1: animals do we adopt the first year?
10: The first year, gosh, I don't even think it was a thousand, and and now we're at eleven thousand in wow. the first nine years. Yeah,
1: that's incredible. Now it's yeah. all along Route sixty six, except this year you're making a
10: little deviation. Well, we're going off road. We have uh, one of our sponsors is Tito's Vodka, uh, headquartered in Austin, Texas, oh. and so they've invited us to come out for uh, a great event, and I understand that. Uh, the Austinites, uh, they love their pets just like we do, and they have events all the time. So that's going to be a lot of fun for us. We're looking forward to it. Of course, we'll probably just get there the night before, go to sleep, get up, do the event, and leave. So hopefully, we'll, we'll, some of the Austin will rub off on us.
1: <laughs> now you have, uh, what, 11 stops? Is it
10: 11? We're actually doing 13 events 13, this okay. year. Yeah, L.A. to Chicago. And uh, we backtrack a little bit to get us uh, back towards, I think our last event probably ends up in Kansas City. But uh, it's so much fun. And I know from uh, all the support you've given every year and and the fun things that we get to do along the way that we take you with us. It's a vicarious trip for you guys, but uh, you're there in spirit.
1: Yeah, we appreciate that. So people can show up to adopt an animal, but you also do some other stuff there, just in case you're not animal shopping, let's say, (laughs) but you just want to... You want to go out and have some fun and see the animals. You have a wheel, a spinning wheel. Is that right?
10: Yes, yes. You should ask my husband. He he uh, sh- he's the schlepper, uh-huh. and he <laughs> <laughs> he he hoists this fifty pounds spinning wheel. So you can imagine it's it's pretty large. And uh, we've been fortunate that our sponsors will donate products. So at each event. Attendees uh, may stand in line, donate money to spin the wheel, and at the end of the day, the proceeds benefit the shelter. So it's a it's a great way to support your shelter, even if you're not in the market to add a new furry friend, uh, but you still want to get out there and uh, show your support and have fun at the same time. Mm.
1: One of my favorite TV shows to watch about animals and dogs is Lucky Dog. And uh, that's hosted by Brandon McMillan, who will be at your kickoff. And that's happening next week, right?
10: Yeah. So, you know, for those that don't know, uh, Emmy Award TV host of the weekly CBS series. Brandon McMillan is really a top dog. And this is the fourth year that he has served as our official celebrity spokesperson so we are so thrilled he lends his celebrity status to this event and in a LA on September 8th. He will be there to sign autographs uh, from 11 to 1 as well as he films a segment for his show. Ooh. So you might show up. You might be on TV.
1: Oh, How cool is that? That's at the LA Animal Shelter, right? What, what Where is that located exactly?
10: That's in Van Nuys. So I think it's the true title is East Valley Animal Shelter, but you can go over to and and click on the Route 66 badge and that'll take you to our landing page. That actually will tell you every event the date and time so if you're in the area uh, for one of these fun events i sure hope everyone comes over and says hi mm,
1: it sounds so good FidoFriendly.com is the website hit the badge that says get your licks on route 66 i just love that name it's so cool
10: <laughs> thank you very much i love it too
1: You're
0: listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal
1: Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. We do that at our toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Dr. Debbie, answering your questions. Vet medical questions, Joey, your grooming questions, Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, talking to other dogs as she does. It's a, it's a service we provide here at Animal Radio, uh, just in case, well, your dog wants to talk to somebody, right? See, I can't sure. believe everybody's looking at me so seriously. <laughs> <laughs> this healthy and really yummy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the Grain-Free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats, always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more over at RedBarnInc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. We have on the phone with us Jeff Jenkins. He is the ringleader of the Midnight Circus. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? I am good. What's the Midnight Circus?
11: Uh, Midnight Circus is an intimate, contemporary, one-ring-tented circus that takes place in Chicago every year. And it brings together acrobats and two wonderful rescued pit bulls.
1: Pit bulls? Pit
3: bulls? Yes, indeed. And
1: they actually perform?
11: They do. They are the stars of the show. (laughs) I bet. No one wants to follow them.
1: What kind of things do they do?
11: You know what they do. They're pretty gosh darn talented. Uh, They jump rope, they do backflips, they do all kinds of comedy bits where they run in and out of the doghouse, opening and closing the door, jump through hoops, take my hat at all times, and generally steal the show.
1: Mm. Well, you probably already know that uh, pit bulls are misunderstood animals. And when most people see pit bulls, they freak out. What happens in your circus?
11: Well, first of all, it's, you know it's very theatrical. It's very contemporary, so the folks tend not to. I mean, they they're big fans. Uh, but uh, you know, our, our pit bulls are the conduit to the community, really, as I always say in our show, because so many times people do have those preconceived notions about pit bulls. So when they come out and they see them in a different light, well behaved and friendly, and they know their backstory, coming from a very difficult rescue situation, it builds that bridge.
1: Now, I understand that you take the funds from the, uh, the shows, the circus, and you donate it mm-hmm. to the park system, and that you've raised close to a million bucks?
11: We have. The whole idea started with us uh, over 11 years ago. We took our existing Midnight Circus Company and decided we want to transform it to a much more community-oriented. So we partnered with Chicago Park District, night out in the parks in the city of Chicago, work hand-in-hand with the communities, and each community benefits from the show. We've raised nearly a million dollars.
3: And what do they do with this money?
11: Uh, Each park, uh, they do uh, playground renovation and they do programming at their park.
1: From what I hear, and I'm just now reading this, you're helping kids train their dogs to do fun things so that they won't train them to fight.
11: Yeah, I uh, ran actually a program for many years with Humane Society of the United States, the End Dog Fighting Campaign, where I worked on the south and west side of Chicago's primarily uh, working with young men who were at risk or involved in dogfighting. The idea was to engage them in a positive way. And like you mentioned earlier, so many folks have just never seen, you know, pit bull generic term, you know, bully breed in a positive light in a lot of these communities. Uh, so through the circus and through the other work I do, we're able to shine that light on, on how great these dogs can be and then get folks involved in positive relationships with the dogs.
1: So how can somebody see the circus?
11: Well, you can check out MidnightCircus.net. we got all the times and dates. And then you can come out to a park across Chicago. We do eight parks over the course of eight weekends from the very south of Chicago all the way north and many stops in between.
1: Are the dogs in your show, Are they? I guess they're your dogs?
11: They are. They are my beloved family. They're staring at me from the couch right now. What are their names?
3: Uh, Junebug and Rosie Ray. Junebug. I I have a ladybug, and I said if I ever got a second dog, it was going to be named Junebug.
1: Would you recommend a pit bull if someone's adopting a dog? What kind of person would that uh, be that would adopt or need to adopt? You know, like some dogs are low Mm -hmm. maintenance or don't have a lot of activity. Some have high activity and energy.
11: Well, I always tell people that, you know, if you want to adopt a pit bull, you want to make sure not everyone on your block necessarily wanted to adopt a pit bull. So keep that in mind. You want to be a good neighbor. You want to be a good spokesperson for the breed. So I say if you're active, if you're an engaged person, if you're an active dog owner and this is not a novice dog, then I said this, this can be the dog for you. But you've got to put in the time because they are very active dogs, a lot of drive.
3: Do you really need to be a leader with this type of dog?
11: Absolutely, and that's certainly what I found. And so many of the dogs that are in the shelters, the bully breeds, they've been through the ringer. So you're going to adopt a dog that might t- require a little bit more work up front than just your standard Labrador or Golden Retriever. And you've got to be willing to put in that time and be patient and firm and
1: positive. Well, Jeff, I salute you. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Oh, thank you. and Thank you guys for what you do. Big fan. Check out his website, MidnightCircus.net. We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.pet.
3: I like to see that guy totally dedicated to the breed and help changing everybody's opinion of it.
4: I, I love when when men do that kind of stuff because it's, you know, what makes a guy so animal friendly? Not that guys aren't because we all know how, but but just, you know... It kind of turns me on. It just
3: has a soft spot for the misunderstood, the I, underdog.
1: I, I, why do you think that? There's lots of guys that have soft spots for animals. Yeah,
3: but the typical image is a guy that wants to be macho and gets a dog to be tough and makes him look big and bad, and he's got the big truck.
4: That's the image. You don't think of a guy. It's hard to picture a guy with a kitten. I think we did a couple stories last week where they have done surveys and everything and that most pet owners are women, or they're the ones who... You know, buy all the food and everything else for. Is that for really the pets true? The family.
1: I, I understand they might buy the food, but I, I missed that study. You'll have to bring that study back <laughs> to me because, as far as I have always believed, and now, guys, you got to speak up. Call me, 1 405 8405. I mean, I think we're misrepresented there. I think we love our animals, lots of them.
4: Well, it, we're not saying you don't love them, we're just saying that, that women are more nurturing. Exactly. Um, and. Like to have, but but I do have to say, I think you're right, Hal, and that is changing with millennials.
1: See, look at the phones, they're ringing white hot right now.
0: <laughs> you're listening to Animal Radio.
12: Find us at animalradio.com. Log
0: on, learn more.
12: Here are today's automotive news headlines. I'm Nick Miles. John Lennon's last car was a Mercedes-Benz 300 TD wagon, and it will appear for auction soon. It is scheduled to cross the block at the Worldwide Auctioneers event in Auburn on September the 1st, where it's being offered without reserve or pre-sale estimate. Lennon and Yoko Ono decided on the diesel Mercedes-Benz wagon before it was on sale in the US, so Lennon had his assistant send Mercedes-Benz a check for $30,000, which is equivalent to around $90,000 today, and the automaker fast-tracked it across the Atlantic. For more, go to OurAutoExpert.com. Think O'Reilly
0: Auto Parts for all of your car needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service from professional parts people you can trust. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts. Better prices. Every day. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio. Featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani.
1: And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. If you have just tuned in, you've tuned in at the perfect hour. This hour, we're going to find out why this guy goes birding nude. He's a nude birder. He <laughs> likes to go uh, looking for birds undressed. It seems very bizarre. Uh, for the last hour, I've been just waiting to hear what his story is. and uh,
3: We're going to find out.
1: Yeah, I-, I thought when you go birding, you want to be camouflaged. And I would think going nude, you wouldn't be so camouflaged. But he has a reason, a method to his madness? I I guess so. How did you find this guy? I just want to find out.
3: Well, when you hear about it, you know, through the social media about a nude birder, you got to check it out. I, when I heard about him, I thought, no, this isn't real. i got to really talk to this guy. And,
1: uh, and you got him on the phone and said, come on the show. He, he has no problem coming on the show?
3: Nope, nope, not at all.
1: My question is, will he be dressed when he comes on the show? I see that he's on Skype for this. <laughs> oh, no. I want to make sure that... He, the waist up. The waist up, okay. Yes. Well, that's on the way in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom?
4: Well, there's a lot of information out about, well, actually, what kind of information do they want from you? Um, when you go to buy your pet supplies and food and everything online, Yeah, they're taking all of that information and putting it together and making kind of like a composite, a picture of you, and we'll tell you what they found.
1: That's on the way. Let's go to the phones for your calls. Marilyn, hey, how are you doing?
9: I'm doing fine. Nice to hear from you.
1: Where are you today?
9: San Luis Obispo, California.
1: Really? This is our hometown. Are you listening on KBEC or XM? KVEC. Very good. We love our affiliates all around and, of course, a hometown station. How can we help you? Dr. Debbie is right here.
9: Well, I have a almost 12-year-old dog. Her name is Zoe. She's Australian Shepherd. No, excuse me. Queensland Healer and Chow. And she has the body of a Queensland healer, but the red hair of a chow, but mm. no black tongue.
2: Very and, interesting mm-hmm. sounding. She must be a f- furry gal then.
9: Well, she's been losing hair. I've been trying to give her flaxseed oil. It helped before. I don't know why. Uh, she goes through periods of hair loss. Mm. But that mm. wasn't the reason I was calling you. Okay. Uh, but that's, that's another thing. Um, Zoe likes variety in her dog food. I always get her good food right now. She's drink, uh, eating pedigree dog food. But occasionally, and she'll do this maybe several days in a row, um, then maybe not do it for two or three weeks, but she'll take the rug that she lays on and covers the dog food bowl with the
2: food in it. <laughs> okay. So and and this is the food that she's been eating. So is, is yeah. it something that you're switching the diet, and she's covering up a, a recent change in the food?
9: No, because she'll, I, you know, give her different varieties, but she'll be eating it, and then all of a sudden she'll decide to cover it, and she'll scoot her blanket over it and cover <laughs> it, push it under a table. That's
2: cool. Mm-hmm. But
9: she definitely covers it, and so I tell her no because sometimes she knocks over the water bowl in the meantime. Yeah. So um, I have no idea why she does that, and mm-hmm. she's very smart. You know, she's never um, given other problems.
2: Well, and I'm not really sure that this is a problem per se. I I think what Zoe's doing in this situation is very likely uh, just a natural instinct. Um, You know, dogs and cats, you know, they in the wild, they want to actually make sure they get their own food, and they want to either save it for later, or they're going to keep it away from any predators or competition that might be coming around, so burying their food, or at least hiding it, isn't an unnatural behavior, so um, she may very well just be displaying that kind of instinct, so uh, call it a personality quirk or what have you, but um, now, if she wasn't eating that food, then I often see dogs and cats, both, that will try to cover up um, a food if they don't particularly like the smell of it. And I can tell you firsthand, I see that in the hospital setting all the time when I have a nice prescription healthy food I want them to eat, and they come up to it and they just look and sniff, and those feet start covering the towels over the food. And that's a really a saying, a, I don't really care for this very well. You know, this smells, I just don't want this. But I think in your situation, she's probably just trying to hoard that for later.
9: Well, I know she never empties the whole bowl at one time. Ah. You can leave her food out all day. There you go. And so she'll eat a portion and keep the rest for later. But um, she seems to like it when she has flaxseed oil in it, and Mm -hmm. that had helped with her hair a while ago, so... Okay, so that's it. That's it's, it's just Zoe. Pretty
1: common behavior. I guess Ladybug the studio stunt dog does this, Judy.
3: She takes out if she has little chunks of food, she takes it out and she hides it around the living room in her blanket and stuff and then I'll see her <laughs> like an hour later. She'll go and she'll eat it. She's very
1: busy yeah. working. She, this yeah. is her job really. Oh, no, she to buries it uh, Forage you know, and berry.
3: I'm afraid if I ever move I'm gonna find chunks of food all over the place that I don't know about.
9: Well Zoe does yeah. that, but she'll just leave it re- it takes them out and leave it right beside the bowl. I think she's really smart.
1: She just gets the blanket and covers it. That's uh, We've <laughs> teach that one to Ladybug.
9: It. Keeping it
10: fresh.
1: Well, thank you for calling and yes. listening today on KVEC, Maryland one 405 8405 This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Vetra Science. Summer is here. We're all damn excited about it, aren't you? I'm excited about it. But, you know, for your dogs, it may not be as exciting. There's a lot more noise with the kids running around. There's lightning. There's thunderstorms. You don't want your animal to be anxious, and that's where Composure Supplement Choose from Vetra Science comes in. And let's go to line four. Hey, Steve, how are you? Hello, Hal and Judy.
6: Nice Uh to talk to you all. Nice to talk to you. I'm your over-opinionated truck driver that calls in every once in a while. I missed you. (laughs) (laughs) I was calling to talk to Dr. Dr. Debbie?
2: Dr. Debbie, that's me. Yeah.
6: We kind of got. I kind of got it figured out, but I want to run it past you. Our Boston Terrier started having diarrhea this morning,
2: okay.
6: and I'm not there. I'm here in Virginia, and she's over in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I'm kind of figuring it's going to be with when the girlfriend washes the floor, uses this orange citrus stuff, and of course the dogs don't walk across it. But it's only affecting her that her the diarrhea is like yellow and. Milky, almost, is what my girlfriend said.
2: Mm. Okay. But you have multiple dogs, and she's the only yeah, one that's we, sick?
6: Yeah. Our, our, uh, our French den and our French bulldog aren't having that problem.
2: And this is a citrus and orange, one of the citrus oil-based cleaners? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know what? I, I'm not overly sold with the idea that that's particularly the cause. A lot of the uh, citrus-based cleaners do have lemon oils or citrus oils, which... You know, they can be irritating to the surface, potentially, um, of the, like, surface of their skin. But I really can't say that I've seen a pet develop a GI upset from that, just from traipsing through the area that's been treated with that. Um, right. Now, if a pet chewed up a bag or a bottle of it and got into an, an oral ingestion in that way, that might be a, maybe a different thing. So I might actually be looking for a potentially another cause for this yucky diarrhea. And there's no great science when we talk about colors of diarrhea, but when someone says yellow or milky, you know, I, I get a little curious, and I'm looking for infection potentially in those situations. So, um, you know, I would certainly, you know, make sure that there's not been any kind of rapid diet change, uh, something that she's been offered off the table or a, a new No, they don't,
6: pe- they don't eat people food. Uh, there's only one type of treat that we give all of them. Um, mm-hmm. We did change the food, but that was about three weeks ago. And okay. but we did it gradually with their old food and their chicken and rice that we mix in with it. It's good, good. And um, but she she just noticed it because when she washed the floor the week before, it happened then also.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
12: And then she washed well, I
6: mean, the floor again yesterday, and it's happened again today.
2: Hmm. And I guess if it was a transient thing and it went away at that time, then, you know, maybe I would agree with you and make a link on that. It's just not a real typical type thing. But as always, I always kind of look towards the medical side of thing. And before I would ever blame any product for anything like that, I would... Make sure we get a stool sample checked over to your veterinarian because um, sometimes it could be a, a chronic parasite. It can be a type of a bacterial infection um, that can attribute that type of uh, problem, even if it is an intermittent one. So I want to make sure we look at that. And then I guess the other thing is, boy, she needs to come over and help me clean my floors.
7: <laughs> I've got sores
2: <laughs> in my knees from scrubbing my floors. It's horrible.
6: Well, she, so. thinks, she does that there. And then our roommate has got three cats, so and she... Tries to keep that room clean because the lady uh, we are rooming with she 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 does a good job but not really that good of a job. But, <laughs> no, I hey, really now you're on the air it. now, so you have to be trouble
1: there. <laughs> well, th- they, don't,
6: they don't listen to They don't listen to the XM in the house, so I don't have to worry about it. Ah, uh, okay, okay.
1: <laughs> well, Steve, we appreciate but, your call today.
6: No, I, I appreciate y'all calling me back. You've been a little bit of a stranger, you know. No, well, I know. It's just.
1: You haven't had there, many while, opinions? I didn't have
6: XM and all that, but oh. I like calling in and talking to y'all.
1: Okay, well, we, we hope to do it again. one 405 8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie. This portion of Animal Radio underwritten by Vetra Science. Let this summer be stressless for your pets with the help of composure from Vetra Science. From GlycoFlex to multivitamins, your pets will thank you for Vetra Science supplements. And we thank Petra Science for underwriting Animal Radio.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Dogs
10: or
7: cats, horse or emu are people too. Ever wonder why cats purr? Well, a purr is just one of the many sounds a cat makes to communicate with other cats, humans, and anyone else who will listen. Sometimes purring is heard in a severely ill or anxious cat, but typically a purr is a sign of cat contentment. Kittens first begin purring as they nurse, and domesticated cats continue to purr when pet. Each cat has its own distinct purr, but just how they make that sound is pretty mysterious. One study says it's air passing through the diaphragm in spasms. Another says it's all in the voice box. But everybody agrees, cats love to purr, and we love it when they do. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Oh
8: Fido Friendly Magazine presents the 10th Annual Cross-Country Pet Adoption Tour. Get your licks on Route 66. Powered by Nissan, the tour travels from Los Angeles to Chicago, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events. Companion sponsors Tito's Vodka and Dog Legs join in the fun as media sponsor Animal Radio broadcasts the tour from September 8th to October 14th. Pet Box sponsor Paw Pack and pet insurance sponsor Embrace Pet Insurance support the tour along with advocate sponsors Body belts, Pecurian, Hands-On Gloves, and Rolf C. Hagen. Attendees at each event stand in line to donate money and spin our giant spinning wheel. Filled with great prizes they can win. Provided by sponsors like Community Sponsors, Cosequin Joint Health Supplements, Petmate, Dexus, Zenden, and Canada, Where all proceeds benefit the shelter at the end of the day. Log on to FidoFriendly.com and find out where the tour stops near you. And who knows, you might just find your new forever friend.
6: Hello, this is Dr. Paul on Animal Radio. Take care of the pets and make sure that in these hot days that they get in lots of water and don't tie them outside in the sun because then they get a heat stroke.
8: the It's
0: Animal
1: Radio. I didn't leave the dogs. I
12: didn't you didn't let them, let them out.
1: out? I didn't let them out.
4: I love that song yeah.
1: So uh, we're just around the corner from the uh, big birder Or I don't know if he's big or not But we're <laughs> we're going to talk to the birder who's a nude birder And we've been waiting the entire show for this It's uh, an intriguing story, I'm sure So you want to stick around for that right around the corner uh, we're also going to go to the phones here in just a couple of seconds for your calls. Toll free at one eight six six 405 Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android. And uh, I assume that, uh, Dr. Debbie, all your birders, when they come into the office, they're all fully dressed.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes, that that is one requirement we have for our clients. Please come in fully clothed. <laughs> can you think
1: of any reason off the bat why this guy would uh, go birding nude?
2: Maybe he's just like a naturalist and he just likes uh, to be outdoors yeah. and enjoy oh. the full experience outdoors. And I can kind of get that. that. I just, sure. I'm a little not sure why the birds enter into the nudity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do curious. have to
3: say, I, I did talk to him before the upcoming interview. And oh, you,
2: you actually pre-interview people? Yeah,
3: Yes, I actually do. And uh, <laughs> he, he told me he's also going to be officiating at a nude wedding coming up. And it's going oh. to be a hats-only wedding. Uh, hats? So, so the bride can still wear her veil.
2: Sure. Yeah. Wow. Because okay. you still have to have fashion if you're a nudist, right? Sure. But that says I, I mean, because of... you lose all the clothing. you got to have fashion yeah. somewhere.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he's probably just a nudist. Yeah. Just like hanging free like yes. that. Okay. Well, Come he's on, on the over. way in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Stick around for that. Like you're going to go anywhere now anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Will. How are you doing?
6: I'm doing great. Thank you for accepting my call. Of course.
1: I have Dr. Debbie here. She can help you with any of your problems there.
6: Debbie, I've got a, she's a half-breed golden retriever and fox terrier, And uh, she's almost a year old. And I've had her checked out for worms. She's up current on her shot. But it seems like every time after she she throws up. She's not Mm -hmm. testing her food. Is it the food that's wrong or what can you tell me?
2: Okay. I'm sorry. How old was she again? I didn't catch up.
6: Okay, she's almost a year old.
2: Well, the first thing with puppies or young dogs that we look at is is definitely going to be parasites. Um, So that's always one of the first things that we look at. So checking a stool sample and then doing a good round of deworming is always indicated.
10: Okay, I gave her a
2: worming deal. Okay. Uh And um, I would also just make sure that you do have an actual parasite test done, because a lot of times we can deworm and not really get everything that's truly going on, because there are different dewormers, and I especially out in my area here, a lot of people think we don't actually have certain types of worms, so they don't do these things and you can actually have other types of parasites microscopic ones other than little worm critter type things so definitely make sure you follow through with that now the other thing would be food wise is if if a puppy particularly is eating very fast um, a lot of times they may vomit afterwards so one strategy that i might suggest um, would be to slow down the process of Eating. And we could do this by doing a lot of different things. You can actually put a smaller bowl and then invert it inside your dog's bowl so that they kind of have to slow down and kind of work around the uh, barrier, if you will, so that we don't gulp as much air and inhale that food too quick. Um, that's one thing. And then also feeding smaller, more frequent meals can kind of help with that. But if it's the particular food that we determine that, you know, maybe is a cause of that, we may look at doing a food change to something different. Um, Okay. I'm
6: I'm feeding her kibbles and bits. Uh, and That's what the other dogs eat that I've got, and it doesn't bother them. Uh, Is kibbles and bits a good thing for her?
2: Well, you know, I can't say it's good or bad. Um, I'd say that, like I said, the first step would be check her for worms. That would be very important. The second thing would be slow down her eating. And then I would talk about, well, maybe we need to change the food and. One, di- one brand of a diet could be perfectly good for one pet, but could not settle well with another. And it's really just a matter of individual uh, systems. You know, just like some people can't eat uh, milk or cheese because they'll be visiting the restroom every 10 minutes. <laughs> so for pets, we can have the same type of thing where they have what we call a food intolerance, where their system just doesn't thrive on certain components in the food. And it's nothing to say bad about kibbles and bits, but that just not might be the best choice for, for your baby. Then the other thing we can kind of experiment with is different consistencies of food. So we can go from dry to canned food and seeing one might settle better with the other. Um, but with a young baby like that, I really look at, um, you know, just an overeager eater and that perhaps we're just uh, inhaling that food faster than we can actually think about it.
1: You said you were giving her or you gave her a pill for warming. Is that something you just uh, got at the store? Or was that something your veterinarian prescribed?
2: I got it from a perina
1: store. Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah and and that too I mean it sounds like you've got good intentions um but it is very important with the warming that we make a sensible approach to this. So we want to do the right deworming at the right schedule. And uh, especially, you know, a lot of dogs will deworm when they're pups every two weeks to every four weeks. So just giving them the one dose may not necessarily take care of any kind of issues that could be uh, lingering there. So, yeah, I think that's what how you were probably getting at there. And you know what? I also yeah.
1: think that Dr. Debbie, she's she's very nice. She's very politically correct. But I'm not. And Kibbles and ain't the food for any dog. <laughs> So, but uh, we appreciate your call. I hope things uh, go well. Let us know how. If, if you need a follow-up. We're here, okay? 1-866-405-8405. Thank you, Will. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Brilliant Pad, the world's first self-cleaning dog potty. It automatically replaces a soiled pad with a fresh, clean one so your home stays odor-free and you never have to touch, see, or smell yucky pads again. Learn more over at BrilliantPad.com today. And thank you, Brilliant Pad for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to
0: Animal Radio. Find us at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more.
6: share exit team can help you legally exit your timeshare contract they've helped thousands of people and they're a plus rated with a bbb so if you feel scammed get mad and get out of your expensive timeshare contract right now guaranteed call n-o-w 800-485-2167 800-485-2167 800-485-2167 That's 800-485-2167.
9: This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified
4: Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. With the pet industry growing so explosively fast these days, any information that can be gained from your purchases for your pets is going to be extrapolated every which way possible for those companies which profit from your spending habits. Search data pulled by Hitwise from major pet supply websites—in I think they did it in the month of June—shows the majority of both cat and dog owners and Hal, I'm doing this story because, you know, we talked to Jeff Jenkins last hour and you wanted proof. Yes. So Hitwise gave it to us. They found out that at least those doing the buying for their pets, that most of them are women and that the women who own dogs make nearly twice as much as those who own cats. So the majority of the pet owners they have found are women. Wow. What, ladies? Judy, I saw you run over to the microphone to laugh, and I'm so (laughs) glad you did because we were right. Yes, Prince in the pudding. In uh, the pets and animals industry, Hitwise says that Chewy.com and PetSmart pull in more than 10% of pet industry website visits. Those, you know websites that are strictly all about pets and pet products but they also analyze the data from a lot of us that are online pet supply shoppers and they say that we start off on Chewy.com and then head over to Amazon to you know compare prices make sure we're getting the best deal and that most of us end up buying on Amazon instead. I was a diehard Chewy fan and I know you guys probably were too. But since they've been purchased by PetSmart, I think things are running a little differently. I've gotten several email notices saying that they're no longer carrying this brand or that brand. Yeah, Yeah.
3: it's really changed. He's sold out. Yeah, I go to Amazon. They they said
4: they weren't going to change, and I think they have. Well, road kill ooh, is just uh, not a good or a funny subject. But this incident is so bizarre, I had to tell you about it. Uh, you can only imagine or try to imagine the bizarre calls that authorities get, law enforcement, like one in California where the Highway Patrol recently had to respond to a report of a dead kangaroo on Interstate 580 near the Oakland Zoo. The chp then later tweeted reports of a kangaroo on i-580 were false said marsupial was actually an enormous raccoon if wow. you can believe that that's a big raccoon. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah the officer who removed the animal from the roadway said he had never in his lifetime seen a raccoon that big so um We've talked a lot about how many exotic animals there are in sanctuaries now because of misinformed or uncaring humans who buy them as babies, not knowing the full story and what it's going to take. Uh, but the huge population of captive tigers has gained a pretty surprising new champion in Tinder. After management at the dating app noticed, you know, hey, we've got a large number of profile pictures on our site that featured men, posing with captive tigers like they thought it was this macho thing. Uh-huh. Yep, a little background here. Yep. There are only about 3,200 tigers that are left in the wild now. On the flip side of that, it's estimated that there are as many as 10,000 in captivity wow. in the U.S. alone. And many of those are ending up in sanctuaries because they become dangerous. It's It's hard to take care of them. So Tinder executives do not like all of the tiger exploitation that's going on, and they recently posted on their blog that, quote, posing next to a king of the jungle does not make you one. They said it's time for the tiger selfies to go. And they urged users to remove those tiger selfies, saying that it would donate $10,000 to Project Cat, which hopes to double the number of tigers in the wild by the year 2022. Mm. 2022.
1: Men, take your picture with the kitten. The women exactly. love that. More.
3: I, you know, it's like these guys with these big trucks. The, the only thing that the people that look at it are other guys. You know, well, it's not a turn on for women. And big, big tires is not the turn on. You know, big tigers and tires. No. No. Get the kitten. I agree. Kitten. In a Honda. <laughs> Little Honda car. Smart car. <laughs> smart car. There you go. Smart car with a guy
4: with a kitten. Oh my gosh. That would be heaven. (laughs) Okay, time to go. Judy's out of control. Uh, I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio
9: News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: animal radio uh toll free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the dream team uh this is the portion of the show that we've been waiting for the last two hours (laughs) we're talking with Olaf danielson on skype hi Olaf, how are you doing
13: pretty well pretty well
1: uh you're dressed i'm glad to see that we we appreciate that (laughs) thank you
3: uh they we just see a shirt who knows from the waist down yes
1: we uh we understand that you like to go birding and we understand that you like to do it in the buff nude nude birding is that correct
13: that is correct yes
1: now why is that well you know i can get into the philosophical reasons
13: but the practicality of it all was sort of a an odd uh, not really a bet but a (laughs) an encouragement from my publisher one day when i was sitting in her office and she asked me uh what well, I thought of this big year movie that was out about uh, five years ago, and I said, well, that's all fine and dandy, but could he see 749 species naked? And <laughs> then she sort of uh, wrote out a a, a, a draft uh, contract for a book project and sort of slid my way, and I looked at her confused and says, I want you to go do a, uh, a book on this and, and spend the next year seeing how many species of birds you can get while you're naked
3: things people do for their publicist
13: (laughs) yeah yeah i'm not quite sure i should have said yes to that but it was fun and interesting and i met a lot of interesting people and had some interesting adventures along the way and that's what life is about
1: i bet and we'll find out in just a couple of seconds about that but i gotta think you know for me i wouldn't want to do i just don't want to be in nature naked because i frankly it birds love worms right and (laughs) i i'm just a little afraid didn't you have any concern about that at all Well, not that particularly. There were
13: some other more pressing concerns, uh, mostly bugs. Uh, Cold came to mind. Uh, The uh, authorities, such as the police, of course, might be (laughs) uh, a bit of an issue. And, uh, you know, I I sort of just, you know, didn't really worry what my mother thought or my wife thought, but – you know, there's a lot of different things you have to worry about. Uh, you know, I didn't really look at any, you know, none of the birds actually came that close, thankfully.
3: But yeah. what about, you know, you said you didn't care about your mother, you know, but what about other people? Aren't there other people out and about?
13: Well, A, it's sort of uh, interesting of what uh, tolerance people have, especially West Coast. Now, I would say <laughs> it's a different set of people in certain other parts of America. But, they're a little more tolerant to finding you know the the odd chance encounter of a naked guy on a, on a trail in the national forest, but uh you know I sort of decided to, you know when I first started this, I said, well, there's a lot of places in America that people go naked at, and I started with there and then sort of you know to get a better birding total, I had to kind of get out of the uh the uh, naturist clubs and sort of get to um, more interesting venues, which did involve some some risk for me Uh, in getting in trouble but uh, it it all worked out I didn't get arrested despite a couple of uh, encounters that might have and I didn't get eaten by anything I did get chased (laughs) by a bear on July 4th uh, in 2013 Uh, actually into strangely enough a Hindu wedding photography uh, outing they were taking wedding pictures for a Hindu wedding uh, when uh, this bear was hot on my, my tail Which was actually good Because then, uh, as all the people yelled bear, bear <laughs> uh, The bear sort of stopped And I kind of snuck around in my car Which when I came there There was nobody at the, uh, the parking spot in Yellowstone But a lot of things did happen
3: Did you do this alone?
13: Uh, sometimes A lot of the places I went to Would require uh, spousal uh, participation Especially in some of the, the uh, 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 clothing optional clubs that I, that I went to. Uh, sometimes I would bring my friend, a uh, friend of mine with who's another birder. Sometimes he would take off his duds too. Sometimes he would trail back on the trail and was sort of my, uh, you know, if somebody came bouncing up the trail behind me, he would start going into a coughing fit or start talking to him and would give me some time to uh, uh, whip out a, uh, a uh, kind of a sorry pareo wrap that I carried in my uh, uh, my, uh little water pouch that i had with so i could pull out and get some decency so to speak and not get into trouble
3: yeah because that's that looks normal walking a guy <laughs> walking around with a sari naked but a sari in the glutes. yeah <laughs>
13: it, it, i kind of got some funny looks especially in <laughs> florida once from that i would admit we
1: are with olaf danielson he's an author i'll tell you a little bit about his book and we'll get some stories and he has official rules for birding that's all up next right here on animal radio stick around You're listening to Animal Radio. Find
0: us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more.
12: Here are today's automotive news headlines. I'm Nick Miles. I spend the best part of a week test driving Chevrolet's new Silverado in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. The team has set their sights on more, adding more features and capability. With the biggest bed in class, thanks to some creative construction, the Silverado has some outstanding features like segment-only electronic up-and-down tailgate that is controlled from the key form. It also has an electronic step that rotates to the rear so you can step into the bed. For more, go to OurAutoExpert.com. Think O'Reilly
0: Auto Parts for all of your car needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service from professional parts people you can trust. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts. Better prices. Every day. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's
1: Animal Radio. We are with nude birdist, or I guess nudist birder, Olaf Danielson. And to celebrate, we're actually all doing the show today in the buff, except for a precariously placed animal radio bumper sticker. So uh, <laughs> welcome back, Olaf. Tell us, uh, uh, there are rules to your birding, your nude birding. Is that correct? And
3: where do these rules come from?
13: Well, you know, there's not really an organization of nude birding. So, you know, like anything else, when you're the sort of the first guy to sort of get it organized, sort of get it kind of you know, uncovered, so to speak, uh, you had, I had to kind of set up some rules. Otherwise, uh, you know, it would get out of hand. And my rules sort of became one day when strangely enough, I, I pulled up my scooter uh, on a, on a road closure where there was a big traffic light and it was like a 10 minute wait to this convertible finding two naked ladies sitting in the convertible Saying, well, a girl has to get some sun. It's a long, a long drive from Seattle to New York. And I said to myself, you could sneak around all over the place in a convertible and be naked uh, and see birds. So that would sort of be against the spirit of the whole project. So I had to make some rules. Okay. Sort of, what are the rules? Well, yeah, I, you, had, you couldn't be in a in a vehicle. Okay, got that. Vehicle. So That's one. You, you had to be, you know, one step away from the car, and have the door closed. You could also couldn't just drop your duds in the trail you had to kind of start on the trail at the most opportune place now maybe the most opportune place was 100 yards around the corner but from that point on you couldn't wear anything you know if you got course if you got caught up the trail or you were suspicious that you're about to get caught of course you would cover yourself up and from that point on you couldn't count any birds you had would have to go back to where you started which happened to me a couple of times so i was trying to make it tough but fair
1: what about footwear or hats
13: Yeah, footwear and hats, uh, I think, were uh, uh, needed. So I kind of had the knees-to-neck kind of uh, uncovered uh, sort of thing because some places it got hot, needed a hat, and, of course, footwear was always needed. Could you
1: do this in in any state, anywhere?
13: Yes. I I took my uh, year. I saw uh, 594 species of birds during this adventure. Uh, I took it from uh, North America, and then uh, the Caribbean islands north of 15 degrees, which was a sort of an arbitrary point. And I excluded Cuba because, you know, being an American, can't really travel effectively to Cuba. I'm not sure I'd want to anyways. But I wasn't quite sure how this would work if I didn't include a couple of Caribbean islands where they have nude beaches. Although in re- reality, I could have done just fine without them.
1: Uh, you could count every bird except like chickens? Well, you have to have, you know,
13: accountable species now the, the birding uh, authorities have sort of said the bird has to be free-ranging, can't be in a zoo, has to be uh, self-sustaining population, so obviously chickens are not self-sustaining, and some, you know, some other minor issues in terms of, if you can count the species, there's a well-documented list of bird species out there for most birders that we all sort of follow.
4: Is there, um, being is you know, you're nude, are you, are you less likely to disturb the birds, or is there a, a- kind of bird that prefers you nude birders I, I, I,
13: one would say that it shouldn't make much difference but it did seem to me anecdotally of course that in some places the birds accepted me sometimes it seems like i could get closer to them when i wasn't wearing anything but that could just be my perspective i don't know
1: any wild stories that
13: come to mind well i i got shot at in south texas <laughs> wandered onto a, a guy and my buddy goes to me he goes Uh, he must not like you with no clothes on. And I looked at this guy, or made a mistake. And I looked at him, and he was about 200 yards away, looking dead at me with his gun in the ready position. And I wasn't quite sure what it was about. But it might have had more to do with we might have stumbled on a a growing operation in the backcountry. I wasn't quite sure. But we turned around and spent the rest of the day hiding in the mesquite until dark when we met each other on the road. But uh, I was worried that this guy was going to come and chase us down. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so that was kind of scary. One of my uh, many weird exploits that happened. Sometimes when you take chances, you end up having odd things happen to you. Damn straight. <laughs> Would you recommend nude birding? It's interesting. You know, it sort of make, makes you feel one with nature. I mean, it's something you can easily start in your backyard, I guess, depending on where you live. Uh, I, I sort of have, have got a bit of a following uh, of some people who will email me uh, uh, their, their bird lists that they had seen, you know, clothing optional. And it's kind of interesting that there's some people out here doing this now. But it's, it's interesting. No, I, I'm not exactly – you know, a lot of the places I did go, bringing a binoculars or a camera was always suspicious. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. It's
1: just... <laughs> uh, you have a book. And before I t- say the title of the book, confirm that these are all birds in the title. <laughs> is that correct? Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, the book is called Boobies, Peckers, and Tits. All birds, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Get your mind out of the gutter there. What, what's the book about? It's
13: about my, I spent a year, as I said, uh, uh, 19, uh, 19, uh, 2013, seeing how many species of birds I could see while I was naked. It's a bit of a sociology study on, on a lot of the places I visited, as well as my uh, my uh, birding exploits. Uh, a lot of weird things happened to me during that course of year, and I decided that, you know, as my publisher would recommend it, I, I, I kind of kept track of all these stories and made it into a book. And is there a website? Adventures with Olaf, which is BigYear2016.com. I actually did a a straight big year last year, setting the the national record with clothes on. uh, (laughs) Because, you know, I I felt like I left something on the table, so to speak.
1: Uh, We will put links to everything over at the website uh, that Olaf's mentioned. Olaf Danielson joining us. Thank you so much for hanging with us today. No problem. (laughs) Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to go check out Olaf's website right now. <laughs> uh, remember, if you need your fix during the week, head on over to AnimalRadio.pet. Have yourself a great week and download the Animal Radio app right now.
3: Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.
7: And moody, always a don't declaw.
6: This. Yes